Hello and welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. A couple of days ago, I posted about insecure attachment and abandonment and how one might feel like when you've experienced abandonment, how, how anxious attachment pattern, what it might look like. And I've been contacted by someone who said, there's this layer that I've never looked at. I'm going back into therapy and I'm going to dig deeper. And I think that's an amazing result. Because we often sometimes don't want to look at the, the familiar relationship, the parent relationship, the caregiving role when we have both, both our parents present. Because there are certain things that we mistake for secure attachment that isn't. It's just provision. Sometimes people said, my parents have never abandoned me. They've never left. They were always there physically. And some people says, I have never had problems with secure attachment. But here are some things that we mistake for secure attachment. Things that like nice clothes, food, housing, maybe a nice house, paying for school, sending you to university where you don't have to incur a debt, buying books, pushing you to achieve academically, to get good grades, to get a, a, a good, a certain kind of course of study at university, to have an, a good career or what they deem as a good a nice secure career, taking you to church sticking to standards and principles and discipline. And sometimes those are mistaken for secure connection. And those are, those are, while those are part of the parented role and those things can play a part in secure attachment in and of themselves, they are not, they're just a parent doing something. And lots and lots of parents do this without having, without having any emotional connection to their children whatsoever. And there are lots of kids, lots of people who have been pushed academically and have lots of degrees, good jobs, but have no connection to parents and, and caregivers. So a parent can do all of those things and aren't emotionally available. And it's emotional availability that creates connection. When I can be responsive to my children's emotional needs. Now, despite everything I know about attachment and teach, I'm very mindful of the fact that it's a daily, not a struggle, but it's a daily, it's a daily walk. It's a daily recognition of myself, of growing. I, it's not the template I started with. So that makes it a daily walk for me. So, and there are many people who don't know anything about attachment. So, but may, they're very good providers, right? Extremely good providers, which is great. So emotional availability, a parent that is emotionally unavailable is dismissive when a child has emotional needs. They can respond with harshness and indifference. And this creates doubt in a child where it affects the self-esteem. And, and it's in this gap where people tell themselves stories about self and about who they are. So if you consider your caregiving relationship and any kind of trauma that you've experienced, was that relationship a place where you could talk through the trauma in? Would you get support? I know, I hear stories where the sexual trauma was shared and it was shut down. Nobody wanted to listen. Nobody had the capacity to listen. Nobody wanted to go through the, the challenge of reporting brother or uncle or cousin or doing any of those things that is required for your safety and your protection. So that's an indication of insecure attachment and many others. So the, the parent that responds with harshness, where even though you were pushed academically, home is not a place where you could cry. You couldn't take your struggles at school 
in that home. And sometimes in homes that is really strictly religious, sometimes insecure attachment thrive in that environment, unfortunately. Because there's so many rules that exist that you can't talk about and you're not free to grow as you would like to grow as yourself. There's a part of you that you have to hide because it's not, it's not accepted. It's not going to be loved or liked and it will be shut down really quickly. So for example, I grew up in a really strictly religious home, but, and I'm just giving this an example. When I was a teenager and everybody else around me was having boyfriends, I remember told, telling my dad jokingly one day and um, that I, um, can I have a boyfriend? <laughs> because I know the response that I was going to get. And that's an example of a home where though it's, there's strict religious and lots of things happen, you're not free to just go talk and say, well, you know, there's this guy that I like and have, have that conversation. Now, it doesn't mean you're sanctioning it. It doesn't mean that you're okay in it. Being able to have the conversation with your child and be available for them as a place where they can take whatever goes on with them in the world doesn't mean that you're okay or sanctioning. It just means that you're a safe place for your child to take the struggles and the challenges that they're experiencing. Because I believe it's from that place that you can guide and instruct. Because I went ahead and had a boyfriend anyway, even though he said no. Now, I asked him because I knew what he was going to say because I knew him. Now, of course, many regrets about those things. And that's for another altogether episode. But now when my children want to talk about somebody, they're like, I want to hear it. I'm not sanctioning it. I'm not okay in it. But I want to be the place where they take everything. And so we've made the place that place where they can take everything. So if you think about your home where though your parents were there present and they were working really hard to supply all the needs that you have and you never lacked, you were never hungry, you had nice clothes and shoes and you had an abundance of things, but did you have them? Were they a place where you could go, where you could go cry and be heard and not shut down? Could you take all your wonderings and your thoughts into that space? Or would some of you not be appreciated and accepted? What was that, what was that like for you? Did they listen? When, were, they, were they good listeners to, to all of your, your, your wonderings? You know? um, were you able to tell them anything? Or were conversations dictatorial where they say were they were they were they things that was off limits that you could not ever speak to them about and I and I, even as I'm saying this I realize that certain parents from some eras certain cultures this might be a challenge but it's important to know that I love them they love me in their way but secure attachment wasn't there so then what's my attachment pattern and how is that impacting how I love and live and allow love and accept love and receive it. How, is, how has that impacted it? Because we can do two things. We can love our parents and we can accept that they didn't have the tools to securely connect with us. And because of that, we've developed insecure attachment. We want to know what the attachment pattern is so that we can start to break the generational patterns, the generational cycles. Moving forward. Sometimes in a, a caregiving role, even though all the temporal needs are provided, they're sometimes stern and unloving. They're not interested in you, in your life, from, only from the place where they can direct it. So not interested to be interested and listen, but to be interested so they can tell you what you should and shouldn't do. 
Not that a parent's role is not supposed to guide and instruct, but we need to be able to listen just for the sake of listening so that they can just come and, and, and talk. So were they, did they ever give compliments? I know that there are many people who believe giving compliments is wrong. Affirming a child, you can't tell a child that they're pretty, that they're handsome, that they're beautiful, that they're gorgeous. You're not supposed to do that because it will foster pride. But here's another thing it will also foster is insecurity, low self-esteem and low self-worth. A child in those, that silence will tell themselves stories about themselves that is not going to be positive stories. So we have to reflect to our children what we want them to be in the world. And, and um, as my children like to say, gas them up quite a lot. Now, we, there's a balance in doing that. And we don't have to f- be afraid that they're going to be proud. But what it's doing is helping them form a sense of self that is going to be posit- a positive place from which they can explore the world. So were they the kind who boast about you behind your back, but never affirm you before your face? So there are parents like that who will say, you know what, my daughter is this and they're doing that and that. And my son is doing all these amazing things, but they can never say to you, son, I'm so proud of you for the hard work that you've put in school. And now you're doing this wonderful job and I'm amazed and I'm proud of you. They're never able to say, daughter, you know, you did this thing, you worked hard, you were challenged, and I'm really proud of you. But when they are talking to their friends, they said, do you know what my daughter is doing? My daughter is a doctor, or my doc- daughter is a lawyer, my daughter is a therapist, and my daughter has written books, but they're never able to say to you, I am amazed, I, I love you, um, I am proud of the things that you've done and the things that you've accomplished. And whether or not you've written books, you're a doctor, an engineer, or a therapist, or any one of those things, whether, whatever you choose to do, are they able to say, I'm proud of you for the man of integrity that you are, for the woman that you are that is so passionate and use your gift and talents, for the purpose-driven life that you're living, whatever it is that you've chosen to do with your life. So those are some of just some of the things that shows an available, emotionally available parent and if, if those things were absent, regardless of the fact that they push you academically and they were there physically, there's going to be insecure attachment. And so the work that we, that you have to do as an adult is to find out, so what's my attachment pattern and how do I, how do I heal those injuries so that I can be a safe person for the relationships that I go in? Thank you for joining me in Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story.